spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely their fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Thank you for joining us on Community Focus this morning, the Sunday before Thanksgiving, which means we're now just five days away from Black Friday when the major shopping for Christmas and Hanukkah and Kwanzaa begins. And we want to help you prepare for that so that you do not get, as we call it, ripped off. Very happy to welcome from Miami-Dade County Government, the Consumer Protection Division, our consumer advocate, Holly Beth Billington. Hi there. Hello. Thank you for having me here today. I got to tell you, Holly, it has to be interesting for you to keep up with all of the changing technologies that prevent more opportunities for people to commit fraud against customers. Well, that's the one thing with technology it quite often makes things easier for us as consumers, but it also makes things sometimes a bit easier for those who have somewhat ill intentions with regards to our you know, private information. That's a very kind and generous way to phrase it, which is appropriate for this time of year. But the truth is there are multiple issues, particularly when we're shopping for the holidays, whether in person or online. Anytime you're using a credit card, we always have the potential for identity theft. So why don't we start there with what people can do to prevent having their identity stolen through using credit cards or debit cards? Well, I think one of the very first things and one thing that I've noticed recently, our office, Consumer Protection Division, has a mediation center where we investigate a variety of consumer complaints. And recently, we've had several complaints involving consumers shopping at a brick and mortar store, but handing their card not at the point of sale, but to an associate while in another area of the store Uh. to go bring up certain items. And I would always encourage people to not just hand off their card to someone that they are at the point of sale when their card is actually swiped and purchases are charged for a variety of reasons. First of all, here in the state of Florida, if the store has a no refund policy, it must be posted at the point of sale. Now, if you were, say, sitting or standing at another area of the store, that may not be visible to the consumer. And whether or not there's a no refund policy might significantly impact their decision to purchase. Uh, Secondly, there's also certain regulations with regards to price screen obstruction. But if you hand your card off and you're on the opposite side of the store from the cash registers, that price screen is not going to be visible. So you cannot follow along as different items are rung up by who is ever checking you out and to see ultimately what's going to be charged to your card. Is there a benefit to using a debit card instead where you have to put in a PIN number as opposed to a credit card where someone could theoretically steal your number, steal the CVV, the the security code, and use that online where they would not know your PIN if you're using the debit card? Well, there are pros and cons to that. 
On the con side, most credit cards have certain protections for when a purchase is not a purchase that you actually made or authorized. There is a chargeback process and there's a usually fraudulent purchase protection with most major credit cards. That's not the same as with, say, for example, certain debit cards where the funds are coming directly from your account. So the key thing for a consumer when trying to make that decision is to actually see what benefits your credit card has with regards to unauthorized purchases. Additionally, some institutions will, if you know you're going to be making a larger purchase in a certain area, you can call them in advance. And for example, if you travel or you're going to go shopping for the weekend in New York City and you would simply notify your credit card administrator, I'm going to be in New York City for these dates to these dates. And I set up alerts for the certain amount purchases, anything higher over this. I'd like a phone call or a text to confirm that it's actually me. Right. I've actually had them call me when I haven't notified them and they've called and wanted to verify that, yes, it's me. So I was glad they did that because it was another level of protection. It is. And I know sometimes people think it may be a certain inconvenience because sometimes it may be declined at first. It's not because you're maxed out. It's not because you're late on your bill. It's actually your credit card company looking out for you when they notice something unusual that doesn't fit the pattern of your regular purchases. So vigilance is the benefit for cardholders. And I'm going to guess that you would recommend checking your bill on a regular basis when you get the monthly yes. bill, whether it's online or you're still getting snail mail to look at the charges because sometimes something can go through. You don't even know unless you're paying attention. Yes, and if possible, check it before you get your statement. Quite often these days, we've at the Consumer Protection Division will receive complaints where a charge has been made and the consumer doesn't realize until they get the statement, but sometimes a good 30 days may elapse. And, you know, that can impact certain things, especially if there is a refund policy in play. And that also is important why people should keep their receipts. I know sometimes, especially in this day and age, people prefer to go paperless. But in the rush of holiday shopping, there's a line behind you. You're trying to get to the next door to the next sale. At least when you get to your car, review your receipts real quick and hold on to them until you're sure you're not going to return the item. You're positive you got the right size if you're purchasing clothings or shoes or things of that nature. Okay. And let's say you find a charge on your bill that you did not make. Who do you call first? Miami-Dade County government to report that this happened or your credit card to say, hey, that's not my charge? We always encourage people the very first thing call your credit card company and also call the merchant. There have been times, even in my own personal experience, where someone keyed in a number wrong. Quite often, sometimes the machines, they swipe it through and then they sometimes have to type in the CVV and it could say be a digit off. Definitely call them, but also file with us as well. And where do people reach you? Is the best option to go through the website or to call you directly? Well, we have a hotline that's manned Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 4.30, which is 786-469-2333. Or you can drop us an email at consumer at miamidade.gov. Okay. Now, let's talk about online shopping. I mean, we've already been seeing Black Friday deals for the last three weeks. 
And certainly the convenience of having things delivered to you. We got very accustomed to that during the pandemic. And a lot of people have not moved away from that habit. And not only do we have the issues of now we're putting our credit card and personal information online, but then there are the porch pirates who steal packages before you've been able to take them from your front door. So what are the tips that you would give someone for being safe with online shopping? Well, first of all, if you're making an online purchase, make sure you're using a secure website. You'll usually see in the website address field, the HTTPS, and a little symbol of a closed lock. You want to look for things like that also, rather than clicking on hyperlinks, sometimes those with sort of nefarious intentions may uh, send out what you may think is a regular sort of advertisement type email with a hyperlink. And it's actually not the link to the merchant you think you're going to. It'll be a few letters off or it'll be a .net versus .com. The safer thing is to go to the merchant's website directly and make sure you're on a secure site. Also, if you're using Wi-Fi as opposed to, say, cellular data, try to make sure you're on a private Wi-Fi signal as opposed to a public one. Also, when you're looking at ads, also look at the conditions and contingencies. Is it limited availability, no rain checks, not available at all stores, or you must have a membership to get this price as opposed to a higher price? So read the advertisement in full. And I also, one of the best things is, especially now with Google, in all these other different search engines, there's reviews for everything out there. So we will work very hard for the money we earn. Before you spend it, do some research, figure out who you're giving it to and for what. Research the product and the vendor. Let's say you're in a mall and there's a long line at a checkout counter and you say, ah, I'm going to order it online. I already know what I want. And you sit down in the middle of the mall. You mentioned being sure you have a secure internet connection. Is it secure to be using the mall Wi-Fi? In an abundance of caution, at that point, I would use your cellular data because there's hackers out there who are far more knowledgeable about all of these sort of different non-secure Wi-Fi signals. And I tend to be rather risk averse. (laughs) So, you know, you are the consumer advocate. (laughs) You know, save it for that and use the the, the public Wi-Fi if you want to stream a video or something. But it would be cognizant, especially if you do mobile banking. A lot of people these days do a lot of mobile banking. Make sure you do it using a secure signal. It's so ironic that this is the time of year when we're supposed to be the most loving and the most giving. And there are some people who are the most taking because the opportunity presents. And that comes back to the porch pirates. You order something from whatever store is going to deliver to you. Other than having the camera, the ring, the nest, whatever it is, how can you protect that package from being stolen by whoever just walks by? Well, there's a couple of different avenues for that. Some online merchants have hubs, be it a an Amazon hub, just for an example, where it goes to a secure locker, be it at a Whole Foods or some apartment complexes have those. I know several people who will schedule to have the order delivered to them while they're at the office so that they 
will go sign for it in there, but you'll have to check with your boss to see if that's the sort of thing that they permit. Also, I know many people who use a P.O. box, uh-huh. so at least it's secure at the post office until you have an opportunity to go pick it up. Those are great, great ideas. But also being neighborly. If you have, you know, I know in this day and age, people don't really do block parties anymore the way we used to when I was growing up. But if you've got a neighbor that you're very close with, you all can look out for each other, especially if it's someone who's home. For example, my elderly mother lives with me. She's home most of the time. She looks out for people on our floor. So they know she's there. So, I mean, it is an unfortunate situation these days with the porch pirates. I mean, some of the things, some of the videos you see. Yeah, they're hard to <laughs> believe. Yeah, I know. And do in, you, in the middle of the day. Yeah, yeah, I know. Oh, people are just bold. But do you have any recourse if your package does not come or you believe it didn't come and maybe it was stolen? Is that something where the credit card will protect you? Is a merchant going to support you? Yes. Notify the merchant as soon as you can, but also notify your credit card company because depending on the terms of your agreement, a lot of them have that type of coverage. We have uh, seen complaints of this nature because we have here in Miami-Dade County, we have a lot of people visiting from different countries, from different states. We've had tourists who, you know, arranged to have something purchased and delivered to them at a hotel and they don't get it. And then what's happened, you know, they'll contact us and we'll contact the merchant. Unfortunately, that's sort of become part and parcel of the holiday season since, you know, the sort of more transition to online shopping. Are there any particular tips that are most important that you find are the areas where there's the most fraud committed that we haven't already covered? Well, one thing that I found out myself, unfortunately, the hard way, is that sometimes you can catch identity theft before it goes through. So periodically, if you have, say, um, certain alerts on your credit account, make sure you include the alerts for inquiries. Uh Why? It happened to me. I got an alert and it said an inquiry for a new credit card. I hadn't applied for a new credit card. Uh So I contacted the credit bureau that sent me the alert and someone had applied and somehow obtained my personal information to apply for a card. And we were able to shut it down before the card was issued. Okay. So if someone has questions, what's on your website is so filled with great information. And that's MiamiDade.gov. Is there a direct link? I just Googled consumer protection and got the whole page with fraud-free Miami-Dade. Correct. If you go to www.miamidade.gov, there's a large white search bar at the top. You just type in consumer protection. That'll take you to our main landing page. But if consumers have more specific questions, just give a call to our hotline. The analysts are there Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 4.30 p.m., except for, you know, of course, county holidays when the building is shut down. Or drop us an email and we're there to answer these types of questions. Because each season, something new arises. Yeah. I remember one season when it was the whole the gift cards and people didn't notice that the little pin. Yes. That happened one year. That was the big thing. So, you know, sometimes just give us a call or drop us an email. Okay, let's give the phone number and the email one more time. 786-469-2333. 
or consumer at miamidade.gov. So simple. Holly Beth Billington, you're just a wealth of valuable information. I thank you so much for your time, and I'm going to wish everyone a very happy Thanksgiving now, and may the good forces be with you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thanks for your time. I am so excited now to welcome Gil Zepeda, the Marketing Director for FarmShare. This is the organization in South Florida that has been feeding millions of people in an innovative way. And Gil, I'm so happy to have you here because I love your energy. We've been working together the last couple of days with food distributions in Lauderdale Lakes and Homestead, and you've got them everywhere throughout the state. So for starters, let's talk about FarmShare how you started, and how you get all this food to feed so many people. Well, absolutely. Well, firstly, let me let me just thank you um, for the opportunity to be on the show and to let everybody know a little bit about us and a little bit about what we do here in the state of Florida. Um, I think it's important for everyone out there to be a part of what we're doing and, and give everybody an opportunity to go ahead and, and help us out if they eat, especially during the holiday season. There's so many folks out there that have opening their hearts and they're saying, what can I do to help? You know what I mean? So this is a great opportunity for them to learn a little bit about an amazing organization here in Florida making great things happen with you guys over here in Cox Media. So we can definitely rock and roll. Um, you know, FarmShare is an organization that started over 30 years ago with the very, very uh, innovative then idea of saving crops and saving food in order to feed the hungry. Right. And we began to recover food from farms. We began to recover food from any supermarket or store that was about to dispose of very good food that was still edible and useful. And we began to do whatever we could to redistribute that to those that were in need. And 30 years later, we are Florida's largest independent food bank across the entire state of Florida. And we are the third largest food bank in the nation, which is something that we're very, very proud of as a Florida organization here in South Florida. Yeah, I've seen the giant 18 wheeler and I'm thinking of all the food in there and how many people you can feed with that. And what's fascinating is you have to have such a quick turnaround when you're talking about using food that it's still good quality, but it may not have a week or two weeks to sit on a shelf. So you've got to get that from the farmers, the grocery stores, into the hands and the mouths of people almost instantaneously. How do you arrange that so quickly? I really do credit that to the passion and the love that our team here at FarmShare has for feeding those that are food insecure. And I'll tell you a little bit about us. We're, we're a small organization. We work in all 67 counties from the Panhandle all the way down to the Florida Keys, and we do it with less than 100 employees. And a lot of people say, Gil, how in the world does FarmShare take care of this whole entire state with that less people? And I'll tell you what it is. We're a very small but very, very passionate group of people who really do care. And we have a lot of folks like we have in, in your organization helping us out throughout the state making it happen. And those 18 wheelers that you were talking about carry 40,000 pounds of food, which equates to about 40 pounds of food, which is um, 38, yeah, 38,000 meals um, for families and for people that can go ahead and, and now eat that food that was going to go to waste. And so we specialize in not only recovering that food, but as you mentioned, turning that around and putting that in someone's plate in the next 48 to 72 hours, which is an amazing uh, sort of thing that our team and our team of truck drivers, forklift drivers, and you know all the folks that are together in the logistics team are are able to make happen on a daily basis here in the state of Florida. Yeah. And the organization, just how organized everyone is, you know, I've now done several of the distributions with you and everyone knows exactly what they're doing, exactly how to set things up in what order. The cars are waiting. They're ready to go. They come in, they drive through, you hand them their food and they're done. And it's quick. And you're taking care of so many people 
at once. How much training goes into the people who are working these events and, and volunteers as well? It's a lot. It's a lot of work. And, and, I, and I don't want to downplay that. It's a lot of work from our volunteers and our team of dedicated folks that wake up on sometimes on a Saturday morning at five o'clock in the morning to make sure that they're in event by seven o'clock in order to pack that food into bags, in order to put that food from those bags into trunks of people on their way home. And that, you know, may be a small little soundbite, but it takes hours to make that kind of work happen. And it takes a whole lot of work and dedication on for our volunteers to do that. And this happens every single day. And you almost, um, when you do what I do and you see what happens every day at these events, you almost have to believe in miracles. You know what I mean? Because you, you see the, the food that's coming in from these farms, um, from these farmers, and it's going directly into these bags and directly into these homes for people that need it. And it's a, it's a beautiful thing to watch. It really, really is. If anybody has ever missed the opportunity to volunteer, we would love to invite you to go to farmshare.org, look up how to volunteer on the website and join us for one of these events in your um, neighborhood, in your community throughout the state of Florida, especially here in South Florida during the next couple of months. If you have an opportunity to do so, we invite you to come out because we really do pride ourselves in, in, in making great events happen. Also, we always take into account the fact that these are families that are sometimes waiting in these cars for three to four hours for this food. And we want to make sure that the events are as organized as possible. They go as fast as possible in order for these folks not to have to continue waiting. Right. Um, sometimes children are in the back seats. Um, sometimes seniors are in the cars. And so we want to make sure that we're doing everything we can so that once we start, we knock that out and we put that food into their cars on the way home as fast as possible. Now, when you see people are waiting in their cars, I guess you have a specific starting time. For example, tomorrow we're going to be with the Progressive Firefighters Association at the Betty T. Ferguson Recreation Center in Miami Gardens. And this is going to be one of the biggest distributions of all. So we've got a specific start time. You guys are there at least a few hours earlier, but the cars start lining up because obviously there is a limit to how much food you bring out. And I don't want to minimize it. I mean, you're talking about feeding, you know, a thousand or two thousand families, you know, at some point that does run out. So people line up early. It's first come, first served. And once you get going, it's fast. So it, it sure is. Yeah, it sure is. And so um, that's one thing that we do. I'm um, advised folks to do is to get there early because the, the food does run out fairly quickly. And even though this particular event for tomorrow is a huge event, tomorrow's event, we're going to be serving 800 families with the firefighters union. So it's great. It's a fantastic event right before the holiday season for South Florida's families. And so we ask folks to come out if they need food assistance or to tell someone if they need food assistance to let them know about the event. That would be wonderful as well. But yes, once it starts, um, it goes fairly quickly and we can do 500 families in about an hour's time. Wow. So by 10, 10.30 or 11 o'clock, we most likely will be out of food tomorrow morning. Okay. So let's remember, even though, you know, the flyer may say 9 a.m. to noon, keep in mind that it could run out before then. And at the same time, we want you to please be patient while you're in line waiting and understand that there are many, many people who are needing food. I mean, you talked about how many millions of children are in food insecurity in South Florida? Right now, currently in the state of Florida, we have 4.5 million people right now under food insecurity, and more than a quarter of that is children. Um, here in South Florida, because of how condensed poverty is in, in Broward County, in Dade County, and in Palm Beach County, we have the bulk of that. And a lot of the children here in this area are food insecure. And so we have to think about that, about the fact that there's a lot of kids that are going hungry, a lot of grandparents um, that are going hungry. And so we ask folks to think about that during the holiday season, because a lot of folks tend to think that food insecurity only attacks 
or only hits a very small part of society. And we're asking and we're letting you know that right now, because of how high gas prices were this year at one point, Mm -hmm. because of how high housing prices remain and food prices remain, there are a lot of folks that did not ever think they would be food insecure that right now are under food insecurity. And these are our nurses. These are our teachers. These are our police officers. These are the folks that help us out every day in our cities. And we have to think about those folks and do whatever we can to help them out. Well, the pandemic took a big hit on the middle class because those were the people who were out there on the front line working. And then there were so many other people who lost jobs. So they didn't have the regular income they normally have and got behind on paying rent, paying electric bills. And yeah, you know, they were allowed to wait, but ultimately things still have to be paid. So you find that there are people who are having to make decisions between keeping the electricity on or feeding their family. And that's, you know, what do you do? How do you make that decision? And that's where you guys come in. And the fact that you're able to get this fresh food, you know, I think we're all so accustomed to hearing bring non-perishables. And yeah, we do that for hurricanes, of course. But for every day, people need real nutritious food and you're able to provide that. Do you see the same people coming over and over again until they're able to get themselves back on their feet? We do. We do. And unfortunately, um, you know, we do see repeat folks at these food distributions. And, you know, fortunately for us, we've been able to see some great stories of families who were food insecure, got their jobs back after the pandemic, like you were mentioning, and, and now are donors, right? Oh. Or now are people that volunteer at these events, which are beautiful sort of sort of full circles when it comes to these folks. Um, great success stories that we have at Farm Share about people that we've been serving. And then they, they've been able to pull themselves out of food insecurity with the help that we've been able to provide. Now, as these folks are recovering, they need healthy food in order for them to remain healthy. In order for them to truly recover, they need fruits and vegetables. They need good food on their tables. And Farm Share is very, very happy to be able to provide that for them. And especially for the kids, you know, it it impacts everything. They can't concentrate in school if they haven't had breakfast or lunch, either one. You know, they can't study. They can't do their homework at night if there's no dinner on the table for them. So it's really we're talking about our future when we talk about our children who don't have enough to eat or anything at all. And I'm just thinking as a stopgap, when someone's having some financial trouble, if you cover their meals, you're putting the food on the table, that gives them X amount of dollars that they can put toward the other things they may be behind on. So temporarily, they can get themselves back on their feet. And then they're able to, like you say, the fact that people come back and they turn it around and they give back is the ultimate success story. Absolutely. No, and, and what you're talking about is, is a sort of the second sort of layer of things that affect communities because of food insecurity, right? Children having high levels of, of depression, children having high levels of anxiety or high levels of attention deficit syndrome because they are not able to get the nutrition they need in order to learn in schools. Also, one huge factor of food insecurity is crime. And so, you know, when, when folks are, are hungry, they'll do things that they don't typically do. And when they see their children and their families, a lot of folks um, do things they, they don't typically want to do. And we don't want that kind Kind of thing going on in our communities. We want folks to be able to have what they need in order for them to recover, get themselves a job, and help their families um, recover from, from the times that they're in. I and mean, that's really what we're helping people do here in the state of Florida. I always find it ironic that we've got two-thirds of our country dealing with obesity, and then you have this other portion that doesn't have food at all. 
especially when it comes to the holidays, you know, everybody's planning and they're making these giant meals. And yeah, I'm going to guilt you a little bit. I'm going to do this and say, hey, think about what you're spending on your Thanksgiving dinner and say, okay, maybe I'll take 10% of the cost and donate it to FarmShare. Exactly. And one thing that we always hear at FarmShare, because a lot of us, especially most of the company, is born and raised here in the state of Florida, we're aware of what our neighborhoods are going through. And so we really do ask, do exactly what you're saying, which is not really a guilt trip. What you're doing is really sort of, uh, you know, really putting things into perspective, right? And saying, you know what? My family is blessed. My family is able to have. Thank goodness, right? Put a smile on your face. But let's do what we can in order to make sure that someone else has that as well. And I think being able to move that over, I think, is a great, great think so yeah and, and uh, you know there's you can go right onto the webpage farmshare.org you're going to find links to everything you want including how to make a donation how to volunteer and perhaps most well they're all important but for someone who is listening and doesn't have food for thanksgiving or for christmas for for any time of year because you do this all year round You click on that calendar of distributions and you will be amazed at how many there are. You must have done a dozen just in the last couple of days. And tomorrow, of course, we want people to come to us at Betty T. Ferguson Recreation Center in Miami Gardens. But you have another four or five tomorrow and again, all over the state. Yes, absolutely. Not only that, but we have food and security operations going on all over the state. In addition to disaster relief operations going on still in the southwest coast after hurricane. Ian. And so even though a lot of folks have maybe put that on the back burner a little bit, our organization has been there since day one and we continue to go back and forth between our warehouses and and those affected areas. And this holiday season, there's going to be a lot of folks over there that are still going to need help. And, and we're trying to help them out as much as we can still. And so, um, you know, when you do donate to FarmShare, you do go to help a lot of folks here at home and a lot of folks in your community, but you're also helping out folks all over the state of Florida that are in need. So we, we thank you all very, very much. And I thank you for this time. This has been amazing. I, I really appreciate you learning more about FarmShare. This is uh, great. Absolutely. I've got to ask you one more question about partners. You've got farmers, you've got grocery stores. What other partners or additional food donors do you need? Well, we always... um. You know, we have great uh, partners like you mentioned before, but really uh, as far as, uh, you know, community partners like yourselves, we love when organizations get involved, when organizations call us and they say, listen, 10 of us, 15 of us would love to volunteer. Maybe we don't have, uh, you know, funds to give you, but we would love to volunteer our time. We love when small, you know, uh, schools or churches get together to collect food and be able to help us out or collect funds or volunteer, right? We love to see those kinds of things happen. There's so many ways for someone to get involved and fight hunger in their community. And um, we love to be able to give folks those those kinds of opportunities. So um, like you said, log on to farmshare.org and look up the many ways that that you can definitely help if you're able to. And we're excited about about seeing you at one of our future events. Yeah. Okay. And again, tomorrow, Progressive Firefighters Association joining Farmshare in the city of Miami Gardens, all coming together to do this incredible distribution for Thanksgiving and remember all year round. Gil Zapeta, you are just remarkable, your energy. And I guess that comes from helping people. They say that all the time. And it's so true. When you do for others, you're really doing for yourself because it just feels so good when someone smiles because you've handed them food. You want to cry, but with joy. So Absolutely. Absolutely. So thank you very much. I appreciate it. I, I couldn't be more grateful for the time and for your attention to this issue. I really, really do appreciate not only to you, but your listeners that are listening right now um, to, to what's going on. 
um, anything that you can do for us. And we really appreciate it. So thank you. Thank you so much. Gil Zapata, Marketing Director at FarmShare. Remember, it's farmshare.org. So easy to remember. Anything you can do is especially appreciated. And please have a wonderful day. And thank you for listening to Community Focus this morning. If you have questions about today's show or would like to suggest a topic, please feel free to email me at ellen.jaffe, J-A-2-F-1-E, at cmg.com. Join us again next Sunday for an all-new edition of Community Focus, and have a wonderful day. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the new Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24.